Next on BYU Sports Mason, the most unpredictable thing about BYU basketball at the West Coast Conference Tournament. As unpredictable as Corbin Kafusi's heroics versus Gonzaga, his dad and BYU linebackers coach Steve Kafusi join us after practice number three of spring football. Plus, West Coast Conference Commissioner Lynn Holzman and tournament game day for BYU women's hoops. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, your day-to-day play-by-play. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, March 3rd, wherever and however you are dialed in. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with... The one man who can finally settle the debate. Red Vines or Twizzlers? Jerem Jordan. Red Vines. That simple? Yeah. That fast? Yeah. Well, why? That's, that's How? In my opinion. Because it tastes better? I don't know why. <laughs> man. I think. Why do you a... like tacos versus him? No, listen. Twizzlers better. versus Red Vines is an age-old debate, Jerem. This is going back over 100 years, man. They've been around 100 years? Yes. Red Vines have been around? Yes. Years? They've been around forever. Wow. Okay. Compelling and rich. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Vegas day two. And you, but yeah, Vegas day two. We survived day one, and I choose yeah. that word very carefully. Survived oh. day one. Yeah, it's a it's it's a long day for our crew, but it's fun, right? Like we have our uh, truck, Big Blue, our uh, mobile production, you know, unit. We have people back in Provo. We got we got a lot going on here. Absolutely. And so it starts with BYU Sports Nation, but today we have four games again. And this time BYU plays. Yeah. The women, to play. The, the women actually play. There's a BYU team Brigham playing on, today. On BYU TV. It's going to be great. Friday Can't game wait. day. Yes. And Coldplay came out with a new song, so we were both excited about that. Uh, yeah, that's why the like, energy is really Cold, high Coldplay today. came out with a new song. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's called Hypnotize. It's not one of their best, but it's pretty good. It's Coldplay is just, they're amazing, Jerem. Yeah. Our producer, Ben Bagley, is a huge fan of Coldplay. <laughs> He loves them. He thinks every song sounds different. <laughs> yeah, there he is in the in the truck. Why is he shaking his head? What a liar! He particularly wow. loves. Right now he's like, "Where's clocks. the button so I can talk?" He can't find it. This is the problem, man. Ah, <laughs> oh, well funny. played. Yeah, well yeah. played, Jerem. Yeah. Let's bring on the headlines before Ben can talk. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. The BYU football game against Boise State in Provo has been moved from Saturday, October 7th to Friday night, October 6th, 10-15 Eastern Time. That's weird, Jerem, said no one ever. Yeah, and that's not LDS General Conference weekend. It's the week before. Wait, wait, it's not? Wait. So the Utah State game's on a Friday, and then the next week, Boise State's on a Friday. And that's fine with me. Nostris Nocturnus, own the night. But are they both 8-15 kickoffs? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So it doesn't and, really change well, anything. It's eight twenty one with a five minute slide to eight twenty six. So <laughs> that's how that works. Producer Sorry. speak. Not actually eight fifteen. Uh yes. they'll go on the air at eight fifteen maybe. So okay. yeah, predictably on Friday. Back to back Friday night games for BYU football in twenty seventeen. How about that? And uh, we watched a little bit of the NFL Draft Combine this morning. I love watching dudes in spandex run. Not. Jamal Williams will work out today in Indianapolis at the NFL Draft Combine. Today is his on-field workout, including the 40-yard dash. Williams Just ready says, to go out there and show people wrong what, what I really am and what, what speed I actually have. So it's going to be a great test to go out there and have that challenge. And, you know, I just love the opportunity to go out there and compete. 
and he will in the forty today. There are other uh, there are other you know cone drills, shuttle, broad jump, all these things. I did not see the bench press numbers for Jamal yesterday though. Uh, Jeremy McNichols, Len Fournette, and Jamal Williams were the only three running backs that didn't record a bench press. So maybe he didn't do it. Hmm. Do you not have to do it? I, I don't think you have to do anything. Huh. You're invited, and then you can choose what you do. Like some guys will go to the draft and they uh, the combine, and they won't do certain things. They'll say, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, or they're just interview or whatever. So maybe Jamal Williams didn't do the bench press. All I know is that I am faster than the majority of the offensive and defensive linemen that were running the 42. I would hope so. Which and I that's felt not pretty good about. you should brag no, about. No, no, I felt pretty good about it, Jeremy. I was a little worried. Really? I was like, 330-pound humans? I, still, they're NFL ass. Like, please be slower than me. Please, for my, you know, sanity. Are you I, faster than Rich really? Eisen? Really? Yes, I'm way faster than Rich Eisen. He's happy if he breaks six seconds. Really? Yes, really, David Nixon. What's David doing here? <laughs> BYU women's basketball, as we just mentioned, game day today. They take on San Diego in the quarterfinals of the WCC tournament. Today at 5 Eastern on BYU TV. BYU won both matchups against the Toreros in the regular season by 18 points each game. Always tough to beat a team three times in the same season. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that tough for BYU today, though. It's just a bad matchup for San Diego. BYU's got a lot of skill there. Chris Kozlowski will break it, break it down coming up. Uh, you're on the call on that one with Kristen. Yeah. Coming up later. After the Gonzaga Pacific game. Yeah. Uh, relevant relevant games continue uh, to be shown here on BYU TV. And the third-ranked men's volleyball team hosts Cal Baptist today uh, at 9 Eastern in Provo. BYU's won eight in a row this season. Uh, and BYU owns the series 21-3 to against Lancer. So BYU's expected to beat Cal Baptist, expected to beat Pepperdine, uh, twice next week, and then we have some epic showdowns with Hawaii and Long Beach State, who are number two and three with BYU in the Ooh, MPSF. Okay, in a couple of weeks on BYU TV, I cannot wait for these matches coming up in March with men's volleyball. Anytime I hear the word Lancer, I think about my longtime high school rival, the Layton Lancers. Yeah, and so the blood just boils a little. Speaking bit. of, good luck to my Copperels Grizzlies. We did this last year when Copperels made a run to the state championship game. They play Lone Peak today. Last year, you know who ended Frank Jackson's high school career? Copper Hills High Copper School. Copper Hills Grizzlies, including my boy, Stockton Malone Short. That's his real name. That's a guy's name that plays for Copper Hills, and he's maybe the best player in the state. He's really good. His hey, parents met Carl Malone. Oh, Sports man. Nation. Yes, oh, waiting ben, for that. I was ben waiting for that, mic. Ben. You and found the mic. only has one song. They just give it different titles. Sorry. I found my mic so I can use it. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. You're late to the conversation. We already it, determined they're awesome. Isn't that great for you? Yeah, good luck to Copper Hills today. 410 Mountain against Lone Peak. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The predictable, unpredictable. After six years of BYU basketball in the West Coast Conference, some predictable storylines have taken hold. Things that you would feel very comfortable stamping with a George Foreman. I guarantee it. George Foreman grill? Or just George yeah, Foreman. Oh, okay. Things like Gonzaga will win the West Coast Conference Tournament in Las Vegas. It's predictable, right? Yeah. And if they don't, it's St. Mary's. That's what happens here. Well, let's sharpen the focus in on this year. Maybe it's different, right? Nope. Guess what? Gonzaga's still a heavy favorite to win the Gonzaga Invitational, as it has been dubbed by Jerem Jordan. I'll be shocked if they don't win this. Presented by the West Coast Conference Tournament. But what about specific to BYU? 
What's the most predictable thing for the BYU Cougars men's basketball team? How about this? Eric Mika will be solid, which paves the way for our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Eric Mika scored in double figures in every game this season. Every game. I didn't realize that. He's not had an off night. Like, way off night, right? He averages like 20 and 9. The dude is awesome. He's so awesome. That's the most predictable thing about this BYU. Yeah, he's going to score 20 and have between 8 and 10 rebounds. Yeah, he leads the team in points, rebounds, and blocks. So he's (laughs) the most predictable thing. What's unpredictable? Which brings us to today's Twitter question. What's the most unpredictable thing? Yeah, the predictable's not nearly as fun as the unpredictable, right? Right, right. about BYU hoops going into the West Coast Conference Tournament. Use the hashtag BYUSN weigh-in at Milton underscore rat. Which team will show up, the UVU lost team or the Gonzaga win team? Isn't that crazy? BYU lost to UVU, but then that same team beat Gonzaga. That's pretty two-faced. So which team shows up here? I think the good news is that BYU is playing its best basketball of the season going into this tournament. They've won three straight road games. Three straight road games, right? Uh, Got blown out at home against St. Mary's, but then the next weekend crushed Portland, Elijah Bryant's coming out party, beat number one Gonzaga, and here you go. I mean, this is... That's as good as it gets. BYU's coming. BYU has the best win in the country right now yes. going into its tournament. Amazing, right? At number one Gonzaga. That's the, the good news. The unpredictable for BYU. No, that's the most unpredictable thing that's happened since 09 Oklahoma yes, in BYU sports. Is what just upset the nation's number one ranked and undefeated team in Spokane. Spoiling their perfect season on senior ha, night. 30 and Again. The news, babies. The unpredictable result. Funny was led in large part by all-conference first-teamer T.J. Haas and his ability to make big shots from behind the three-point line. Is T.J. unpredictable? Kind of. Yeah. You expect that from youth, right? Yes. I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to get with T.J. H9. I want him to be what he was at Gonzaga. That's not going to be every game. What did he do against Portland? He was in foul trouble, scored three points, didn't even play. Yes. Last week was a microcosm of T.J.'s season. But he he's, did. But he did been, say to me, he's been good. But yeah. you're not sure if he's going to really bring it on that night, right? Yeah, he did say to me after the Portland game. Well, at least I'm rested, right? <laughs> That's one way of looking at it for the ginger mama. <laughs> and he showed up and spoke in. Yeah, yes, he did. Maybe he was resting for Gonzaga. Youth is very tough to predict. Okay, I mean, also unpredictable. This is the West Coast Conference, Jerem, and it's funny that we talk about TJ in foul trouble. These are West Coast Conference officials. Well, it's a group of Big 12 and Pac-12 and Mountain West and Big West. But still under the West Coast Conference guys. Or just college officiating in general, Jerry. Yeah, Should we yeah, just say that? Yeah. Okay. Well, what's predictable? That there will be foul trouble for BYU? No, that's the thing. Eric I don't know. Minka has not been in foul trouble a lot this season. That's the good news. It's, I, I don't it's know. Yoli Childs that yeah. has been getting into foul trouble. Yeah, unpredictable. It might not be an issue, right? Or it could be a very big issue. I, we don't know. I imagine against St. Mary's it could be an issue. And of course... I'm not worried about LMU with foul trouble. The actual first round game. BYU against LMU. Let's revisit the first two games, shall we? Kind of a weird matchup for BYU basketball. Both games decided by single digits. BYU won in Provo, led the majority of the game. But in LA, it took the Cougars' biggest regular season comeback in the Dave Rose era. Down by 18. 18? To come back and win... In Los Angeles. Who predicted that? You're right. That's the fun part of sports. It's also the terrible part of sports, right? 
that BYU lost to Utah Valley, that BYU was down 18 at LMU. BYU came back, and they're to be credited for that, but they're to be discredited for getting down 18 in the first place. Yeah, I don't think BYU can take LMU lightly. We talked about, uh, yesterday we talked about comments from Dave Rose Wednesday saying we're not practicing with the same level of urgency that we that this tournament demands. So I hope uh, Dave Rose and the, that staff cracked the whip because they're down here now. They're, they're ready to go. They're going to practice today at a high school here in the Vegas area, and they're playing tomorrow. It's, t- it's time, and it's a tournament scenario. Everyone's desperate. Yeah. Everyone's desperate. Season on the line. LMU loses. It's, they're, they're done. done. It's they're beautiful. Done. It's a beautiful. They're not going to the CIT thing. or CBI. Or Ve- Maybe they're going to Vegas 16 or something. I don't know. Probably not, right? But you want to end on some sort of a positive, right? LMU beating BYU in Las Vegas. That, yeah, does B- that not sound enticing okay. to that team? Only once has BYU lost a quarters in here, and it was in 2012. It was against San, San Diego. Diego. But that was an NIT team like this BYU squad. Mm. This team's more talented than that team, but I'm tired of hearing about talent. I want to talk more about whether you won or not. Okay, the one thing that we haven't talked about, which could be both predictable and unpredictable, is the BYU bench, right? Okay, unpredictable. Predictable is that they won't score a lot. Yes. That's predictable. Yeah. They haven't. But, but then the unpredictable is like, oh, Stephen Bale went for 12 points against Portland, right? It's not about points. It's not about points. It's about contribution in other ways. How? Yeah, how Would do you, you say that the BYU bench was good at Gonzaga? Yes. But they didn't score a lot of points. How do they do it? Rebounds, solid defense, not turning it over. That's how you contribute. I think that that is the unpredictable part of the bench that could be a difference maker. Yeah. What's Trending brought to you by Ahern Rentals, offering commercial and residential high-lift equipment with more than 80 locations nationwide. Let's keep it rolling on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. What is the most unpredictable thing about BYU hoops going in to the West Coast Conference Tournament? At Jake or Camp says, how many times the word mission is mentioned and the picture of Ivan Drago is shown during the broadcast? Yeah, how many times? Yeah, that's pretty un... Well, that's predictable, yeah. That is predictable. That's very predictable. Unpredictable, yeah, the mission thing. Three-point shooting. That, to me, that is yeah. the yeah, biggest unpredictable. unpredictable thing. Unpredictable. What is BYU going to get from the three-point line? It's been all over the place. Coming up, assistant coach Steve Kafusi of BYU Football. And which son does he love more, Corbin or Bronson? Should we really ask or him? Or Devin. That? Come on, Devin's there, too. He's That's on a true. mission. Yeah. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I'm Ocast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Hey, we'll be live tomorrow as well. Special Saturday edition of the show, noon Eastern time. Uh, we'll be joined by BYU Associate Men's Basketball Head Coach, uh, Coach, excuse me, Tim Lacombe, as well as our buddy Gregor Bell. He play-by-play on uh, BYU Radio. You can check that out tomorrow, noon Eastern time. Hey, poll update for you, Jerem. Red yeah. Vines versus Twizzlers. 74 votes in thus far on the BYU Sports Nation account. 55% in favor, Red Vines. Over 45% Twizzlers. Okay, it's early. It's early. An age-old debate. In fact, why don't we take that question to our next guest. Joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, Steve Kafusi, assistant football coach for BYU. Coach, Red Vines or Twizzlers? What do you think? Are you, how you guys doing? We're, we're fantastic. Hey, we're good. We're good, man. We're glad to have you on. What was your question there? I didn't quite hear you. We need you to pick pick the uh, the ultimate winner in the licorice category. Really important things that we're talking about: red vines or Twizzlers. 
man, red wine, man. I always got to have red wine when you go to the movies. <laughs> you're with you're with Jerem right now. That's winning the poll right now. Okay, okay, we got the okay. we, we got the important thing out of the way. Uh, so let's talk about football and basketball. And your son Corbin is in both for BYU. You're away from him. He's down here playing at the West Coast Conference Tournament. Do you miss him more as a parent or as a football coach right now because he's not in spring ball? Well, right now we miss him more as a, as a as a coach. <laughs> you know, we we could use him right now in spring ball, and he's every rep he can he can get. But uh, you know, we gotta let him finish what he's doing. Steve Cavusi with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Now it's it's for the greater good, right? I mean, he he just helped BYU beat Gonzaga for a third straight time in Spokane. Where were you watching that game, and, and what was happening emotionally for you in that moment when you see Corbin get that putback and essentially the game winner? Oh man. Yeah, so we were, you know, we were just sitting at home with my wife and, the, you know, Bronson, his wife, and my daughter, Alexis, and, you know, watching the game there. And, uh, you know, it was just uh, fun. I mean, we, all the way through, saw him put that back. We were happy for him, happy for the team to keep the game close. Uh, you know, I mean, of course, they didn't get home till later, right? About 2.30. Yeah. I think they finally, you know, we all went down to the airport and welcomed them back in, stopped by Beto's, picked up some food. Went back home and put the game back on. We watched again until four thirty. Nice. <laughs> you know, that was that was kind of our you know our night there. <laughs> what yeah, was it? So you know it was fun. What was it like to watch that that put back to kind of seal the deal from your oh, son? Man. I I was just so excited for for the team, excited for him to you know to run in there because you you notice when that when that ball was shot. Uh, you know, he hustled down there and kind of weaved his, his way through to a couple of the Gonzaga guys, and the ball happened to take a cougar bounce and and fell right down his hand. And he put it back. I mean, that was couldn't ask for anything more than that. So, again, we were excited. You know, my wife was screaming her lungs out. So <laughs> it, it was it was a nice moment for us. What do you expect from him in this tournament? As uh, BYU has a lot of momentum coming off a win against number one. Well, you know, he has a specific role, you know, just depending on on the matchups and, and I think the coaches uh, know when, you know, when to put him in. Um, so, you know, I told him to be patient and, uh, you know, when his name is called to get out there and, you know, really spark the team and do whatever he's just, you know, the coaches want him to do. So, yeah, pretty much, you know, as a coach, I'm just advising him to, you know, to um, stay focused and, and just do what he's asked to do. And so that's that's the biggest thing there. You know, he's not getting a lot of minutes like we all want. Uh, you know, it's it's mainly maybe when you know our big guys get in foul trouble, and uh, you know we're playing a bigger team like Gonzaga. You know, to push their big guy around. So yeah, so there's a he has a specific role, and, and I'm sure the coaches know what to you know when to put him in and ask certain things out of him. Steve Cavusi with us on BYU Sports Nation, assistant football coach, and now. Coaching the linebackers, uh, what has that transition yes. been like for you going uh, from the defensive line to the linebackers, Coach? Man, I, I can't even count anymore. I think that's, what, 23 years of coaching D-line. <laughs> um, and so, and I, uh, I love the change, you know, uh, you know, coaching linebackers. It's, it's been, uh, uh, seriously, I've been excited just to make that move so I can coach a, a different position, different perspective, looking from the back end of things, you know, up front. So. It, you know, it only helps me, so I'm looking forward to that. What is the biggest nuance and difference for you coaching the linebackers versus the defensive line? 
Well, I think you're kind of, uh, you know, um, you know, the, the big guys, you know, you're pretty much involved. There's a lot of mechanics involved, you know, being there because you got to not only be physical, you know, you got to teach the technique. Uh, you know, the linebackers a little more, you know, a little more mental part of that because of all the, you know, the uh, change up, the calls, and the, you know, the, you know, where they got, you know, just their footwork, uh, being patient, you know, a little, little different, you know, with those guys. Uh, in my mind, it's, it's not as so much, uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to say the word easier, but it just seems like, you know, just a whole, totally different, uh, techniques, uh, mechanics, you know, working with those, uh, you know, inside linebacker, outside linebacker guys, you know, from our D line. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the change. Coach Elisa Tuiaki is now on the defensive line. What advice would you give to him after 23 years at that position? Uh, you know what? You know, Elisa has coached the line before. He's coached running backs. Uh, he's coached, you know, different positions in his coaching career, which is pretty awesome, you know. And that's what makes him a great uh, defensive coordinator. But, uh, you know, and he, and he understands. So I don't know if I could give him any hits, you know. It's just. He does a great job, you know, even when I was coaching D-line, you know, he'd come over, you know, with uh, always had an addition to add on with things that he's learned, you know, from, you know, coaching in other places, plus the scheme that we're running, you know, they're used, you know, he's used to that. So it, it's been great learning from him. It's been great learning from Kalani. You know, Kalani's played, coached linebackers before. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm also learning what he wants, you know, technical-wise and, things that you know the way he wants it done so that's what we're doing here so he spends a little time with me you know showing me and talking to me and coaching me up on on little details of things that the way he would like things done at linebacker so it's been awesome to learn from both of those guys what's the goal this spring practice as last year it was you're introducing each other to each other on the new staff and to the players and now you've had a year under your belt (laughs) it's been a great year uh, you know, uh, and really even just coming for the first week of spring, it's been great to, uh, I know from other position, but, you know, kids like Fred Warner, for example, you know, and Coach Pau and Francis, you know, you just see the the year of uh, experience they've had has helped them, you know, uh, stay sharp and having a better understanding of, their, of our scheme. And so that's been great. And now they're turning around and helping the young kids who, you know, maybe just got off their mission or, uh, you know, transferred in or maybe, you know, didn't play, maybe redshirted last year. So it's been wonderful. They're like little little coaches themselves, you know. So we do ask them to help uh, facilitate, you know, all their knowledge into the, the young guys. So that's been great uh, to see those young guys helping the other younger kids. Talking with BYU linebackers coach Steve Kafusi joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Coach, where... Has this team improved the most from last March to this March? Uh, just being a weekend, I think as a whole, obviously there's a new scheme, new terminology. Um, you know, young players trying to understand what position coach is trying to teach and execute, you know. So I think with the veteran guys, it's been a year now, you can see the improvement and like I said, they're, you know, they're helping the younger kids, uh, you know, coaching them on the sideline uh, also and, and talking to them, you know, exactly what they're supposed to be doing. So it's just another year under our belt. So, I, you know, I, I, I see a huge improvement and uh, consistency 
you know, maybe in our execution and, and uh, you know, anticipating things that happen out on the field. So, you know, you definitely see that, you know, the, the, after a year, you know, being here with, the, with new schemes on both sides. How is Bronson, uh, your oldest son's uh, recovery from that broken ankle with the uh, Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, so after the season, uh, you know, the organization kept all the injury guys, you know, on injury reserve. They kept them there. Let all the rest of the team go home, uh, you know, for a little vacation. But uh, he was he stayed there for about maybe a month. You know, he just returned. He's got the green light to go. He's fully recovered. So they let him come home. So he's here in Provo uh, just working out here every day and probably return somewhere middle of April to their uh, OTA off-season training they have. And so, you know, he's yeah, he's good to go. He's he's doing everything and and following all the workouts they have for him. How much interaction do you have with him, coach? Is it on a daily basis as uh, he makes that comeback? <laughs> yes, we do. We're and I'm kind of happy, you know, as a parent. You know, you always hope that you have a tight relationship with your kids when they get older. So it's been fun just to, you know, we pretty much talk every day. You know, uh, whether it's a text or you know, get on the phone, uh, you know, after work late at night. And, you know, always talking about things he's doing and always talking about, you know, he might ask me questions about, you know, technique. And, you know, it's always that. And other than that, we're always always finding time to talk. And him and Corbin are pretty tight, so they do talk a lot, uh, you know, to each other. What do you say to him when uh, Bronson or Corbin asks you, hey, Dad, which son do you love the most? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, uh, it's funny you bring that up. In our family, we never talk stuff like that. You know, <laughs> so uh, nobody's asked. So don't don't start something. Or you okay? just say, yeah. I, "I love Devin the most." Okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Steve, it's yeah. great to talk to you. Uh, we wish you the best uh, in your new position of the linebackers uh, coach, and we know you'll be watching BYU basketball in the tournament. Thanks for the time. Hey, thanks. Thanks a lot, and go Cougars. You got it. Steve Kafusi joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. He's been with the defensive line, like you said, for 22, 23 years. 23 years? Now he's coaching the linebackers. So this is is a, uh, a new thing for Steve, for the coaching staff. But don't be alarmed if a guy that didn't play that position, per se, coaches that, like, there have been all kinds of coaches who weren't that good at different... You learn, you adapt. Elisa Tuiaki, by the way, is a very good coach. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think Steve's learned a few things in his uh, more than two yeah, decades. Yeah, yeah. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, West Coast Conference Commissioner Lynn Holzman rejoins the show. What's the biggest challenge to her when it comes to hosting this tournament? BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Takano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the Ordinary. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. We just spoke with BYU linebackers coach Steve Kafusi. That'll take a while to get used to. What was his reaction to Corbin Kafusi, his son, and that put-back bucket at Gonzaga in the final minute? They were up till 4.30 in the morning rewatching that entire I know game. a lot of people, myself included, that rewatched that game. Right after. I, it was almost like I didn't believe it. Like, okay, yeah, i, I yeah. got to watch okay. it again just to make sure this really How happened. How did this happen? It happened? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can catch that interview and more on the BYU TV or BYU radio apps. Also download the podcast. Later today, 
Starting at 3 Eastern time, day two of coverage from the West Coast Conference Tournament live right here on BYU TV. Starts at 3 Eastern time. Lots of great games, including at 5 Eastern, the BYU women playing the quarterfinals against San Diego. That's coming up, scheduled for about 5 Eastern, probably going to start about 5.15, but uh, tune in at about 5 and you'll get that game. Four games. we got opening round men's games tonight. We have quarter, the other two quarterfinals for the women, so check it out starting at 3 Eastern time. Some quick headlines before we get to our next esteemed guest. The BYU football game against Boise State in Provo has been moved from Saturday, October 7th to Friday night, October 6th, 10, 15 Eastern time kickoff. Jamal Williams will work out today in Indianapolis at the NFL Draft Combine. Today is his on-field workout, including the 40-yard dash. Williams Just says ready to go out there and show people wrong what, what I really am and what, what speed I actually have. So it's going to be a great test to go out there and have that challenge and, you know, I just love the opportunity to go out there and compete. And compete he will. He did not do the bench press yesterday, by the way. Women's basketball, as Jerem just mentioned, tips off 5 Eastern roughly on BYU TV, trying for a season sweep plus one in the tournament against San Diego. And third-ranked men's volleyball, they play Cal Baptist tonight at home, 9 Eastern time. BYU's won eight in a row. They lead the series 21-3 against the Lancers. We now welcome the commissioner of the West Coast Conference. Lynn Holzman is joining us uh, high above the Orleans Arena floor. Lynn, it's great to have you back on the show. What's up, Lynn? Thanks. Good morning. How are you feeling after the official day one of this tournament? We are excited to get day two underway. <laughs> yeah. It's a Keep marathon, going. not a sprint. You've yeah. got to pace yourself. It now, really is. Now, now, do you? I told Jeff, I said, you have a really nice shirt on today. I would have waited until Monday for that particular shirt because it's what you guys are here all week. You've got to save your best stuff for Championship Tuesday, right? Or Well, don't think we aren't saving our best stuff. We raised the bar. <laughs> That's right. So, That's right. I'm waiting for you guys to follow suit. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah, well, it's been a few years. We're still, you're still waiting. <laughs> We're learning still. Red vines or Twizzlers? We've been discussing that, too. Yeah, uh, early, in, early in my life, probably was a Twizzler fan. I think it was probably more because I grew up in the Midwest and they were uh-huh. more prevalent. Mm-hmm. Since converted red vines. Okay. Red vines. Okay. Three yeah. votes. So the three people that we have asked on the show today. Yeah. Smart people, too. We're not you, just asking anybody. Lynn Holzman and yeah. now Steve Cavuzzi yeah. all have gone with Two the red vines. Two of those vines. people are very smart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Lynn. Uh, this is, I mean, a huge effort. And we talk about this every year, like the details that go into it. But it just gets more complicated because as social media progresses and as sports become more prevalent, like the details just, they add up. So what's the toughest challenge for you in putting together this tournament? Well, as a staff, when we talk about it, there's a couple of themes. First of all, make sure you wear good shoes, yeah, comfortable yeah. shoes, make sure you hydrate and you figure out when you have time to sleep. Um, so I say that all in jest, but it is serious because as it is, as we just referred, it's a very long week and there's tons of things going on and there's new things or there's new people that get involved and you have to um, make sure that we're providing that great experience for our student athletes and our fans. The, you know, the toughest thing this week, I think, is um, just making sure that whatever happens behind the curtain, that we're dealing with it. And the, the, the primary thing that we're trying to do is to make sure we put on a great event. And it's a memorable event. For many of our student athletes, for some of our student athletes, this may be their last high-level competitive experience that they have throughout their entire career. That's one of the things I experienced when I finished playing basketball at Kansas State. We want them to leave with a memorable experience. For all but two teams, that's going to be a losing experience of their last game yeah. and some and some aren't going to have that opportunity to go to the postseason at all so what they what they experience throughout their career at one of our west coast conference schools and here at this championship which is our premier event we want them to walk away and look back and reflect about how great of a time and experience it was it's monumental it's transformative in their yeah. lives yeah. how tangible are those memories for you it 
tremendous. I mean, there's things, of course, where I'm like, oh, I miss that shot still. And oh my gosh, I played in the early 90s and I still can't get it out of my head. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's significant. As I said, it was transformative. The experience of being a student athlete, playing at the high competitive level of the old Big 8 when I played at K-State. Um, and I think back to it today and the friendships, the, uh, the interaction, the relationships I had with my coaches, everything, it still is part of my life today. What's it like to be the commissioner of the league that up until Saturday had the number one team in the country, still is a top five team, and you have St. Mary's. It's been a good year. It's been an awesome year on the, on the men's side. Um, definitely. The, you know, throughout the year, we had St. Mary's and Gonzaga were in the top 25 the entire season. So two schools from the West Coast Conference in the top 25. Then you had Gonzaga that elevated up to n- number one position for several weeks there. Um, it puts, there's obviously more exposure, which is one of, what, one of our pillars and one of our goals as a conference is to provide exposure for our institutions and for our programs. At the same time, there's a lot of additional pressure there because they're feeling the pressure and we are trying to be supportive to what they're doing. Obviously, Gonzaga does a wonderful job in promoting its program and they're used to being on that national stage, certainly. But at the conference, um, on the public side of it, we have obviously a responsibility and we're trying to be supportive in that way. But behind the scenes, as we talked about last year with the men's basketball committee, as they're working through trying to fill out that field of 68 and they start talking about seating and as a conference, we're interacting with the committee members that are assigned to us and we're talking about and promoting our programs. That puts the pressure on to make sure they fully know and understand um, the high quality programs, high competitive programs we have in our conference, not just Gonzaga and St. Mary's, because obviously those are tournament-worthy, um, absolutely quality teams, but the rest of our programs, BYU, San Francisco, all of them, the competitive level the level of our conference elevated this year. Yeah, absolutely. Santa Clara was better, I think, than people thought. San Francisco was mm-hmm. better. I believe five teams, 20-plus wins? Is uh, right? I believe it's four. Four, okay, yep. and close, I get close to five, maybe yep. with the fifth. Um, do, how much does seating matter as the commissioner when you're talking to the NCAA selection committee, of which BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo mm-hmm. is part of that? Wait, you want Gonzaga to be a one. If, they're, if they end up being a two, does that matter that much to you, or are you like, we want a one? Well, it, it matters because I think they've earned it. They deserve it. There's no question there what their resume looks like and what they've accomplished this year. Uh, it matters because it helps with the notoriety and the prestige of the conference. It obviously for the program itself. Um, seating. Why? Why does seating matter? Because you know, presumably, you have a greater chance to win, right? Based on who you're matched up against, and it's not just getting teams into the tournament or a team. It's multiple teams, and it's winning games. That's what our goal is. That's our goal in men's basketball, women's basketball, volleyball, NCAA sports. That's why we're a multi-bid conference in all the sports that we have, and that's something we're very proud of. We do it right on the court and off the court in the classroom. West Coast Conference Commissioner Lynn Holzman with us uh, from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. We're still trying to figure out what exactly happened in Spokane last Saturday, and I don't think that there is uh, any real answer to how how BYU wins in the kennel three straight years. Like, do you do you can you explain that? No, <laughs> I can't. That's why we play the games, right? Because on paper, everyone, everyone's thinking, oh, we're going to go, that, yeah. who's going to win the you, game? You print 6,000 newspapers sometimes. Well, like, it happens. Because of the, the, you know, the excitement behind exactly. it. You go back and watch yeah. the game after yeah. it's done because you're like, oh my gosh, did this really just happen? Um, that same type of excitement is what we know carries into the March Madness and everything. And there's this chance for the perceived underdog to win the game and everything. And I say it like that with air quotes because on any given day, I would put our top teams up against any team in this country. Mm. 
I mean, that's the level of basketball that we are playing here. Um, but to have a, when you have that type of situation this past week, when BYU goes into third year in a row, goes into the kennel and beats Gonzaga, um, you know, I think that is a statement about BYU and the quality of the men's basketball program where they're at such a young team and the future is bright. It's, it's, it's looking awesome for that program combined with the other programs that we already have it that are at that high, high competitive level. What do you root for during this tournament as the commissioner? Uh, I'm Switzerland, neutral, of course. I love the non-conference and the postseason because as the West Coast Conference teams are playing non-West Coast Conference teams, I can actually show emotion and cheer. Yeah. So that's the best time. Um, here in the tournament, what I, what I root for, uh, that all of our student-athletes stay safe. You know, no question with that. Um, we want good competitive games, you know, but it is in a, in a lot of ways as those games are being played, there's a catch 22 because you want the competitive games. You want the excitement. We love the, uh, we love it when the unexpected team wins a game or whatever, but at the same time, the catch 22 is, is that as we look forward to postseason, we still want to make sure there's no, as the committee would term bad losses. And right. because it, at this point with our two, uh, NCAA championship teams under consideration, I would say absolutely no question yeah. should be in the field. Yeah. It's about seeding. And we want to make sure we have the greatest, they have the greatest opportunity to win once they get in. Yeah, right now ESPN's Bracketology has Gonzaga as a one seed despite the loss and St. Mary's a six seed. Pretty good. Lynn, thank you for the time. Uh, a couple things as you go. Uh, treat yourself to some red vines at some point today. And we'll, we'll try and raise our wardrobe to your level. <laughs> As this I'll be honest, progresses. it's not going to happen. Like, it's, it's too early. It's 941. You're legit. We're not. That's okay. Thank you. Thanks so much, Lynn. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, a first-time guest who has a bone to pick with us for waiting so long to invite her on. What? What? She holds the Utah State High School record for most points in a game. Basketball analyst Kristen Kozlowski. I didn't know. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV starting sharp, 6 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, that's right. And tomorrow at noon Eastern, we will be live right here from the Orleans Arena, a special Saturday edition. Tim Lacombe will join us, men's basketball associate head coach, and Greg Rubel. Hang out with us tomorrow. Twitter update on our uh, poll question. Can't wait. Red Vines or Twizzlers? Yeah. Unbelievable comeback by Twizzlers at this point. 170 votes in, 51% for Twizzlers, over 49% Red Vines. Okay, add TJ Bliss said, wait, is this still a debate somewhere? Aren't Twizzlers just fake, plastic, flavorless Red Vines? (laughs) That is so true. Apparently. That is so true. Twizzlers winning right now. BYU TV helps to spit out a lot of truth, right? That is a truth bomb by <laughs> at TJ Bliss. He's a man who has bliss. Oh, good stuff. Twizzlers versus Red Vines. Also, this Twitter question. What's the most unpredictable thing about BYU hoops going into the West Coast Conference Tournament? At VAR underscore Black says, which team will show up? Will it be the team that played St. Mary's at home or Gonzaga in the kennel? That was a week, a week, and a, a week difference. Crazy. What Crazy, the, right? The difference a week makes. Joining us now, first-time guest on the show. Why is it taking this long? BYU I, TV analyst Kristen Kozlowski. I blame our producer, That's what I'm honestly. Yeah. Uh, how many shows are we in? 930? Let's we see. We had the count. Uh, 933 today. 933 shows. <laughs> uh, ben Bagley. 
<laughs> I'll take that up with Ben. Yeah, yeah. Blame, blame him. Blame him <laughs> as he raises his eyebrows uh, in the truck right now. He can raise a lot more than that. Well, well. One, forgive us for waiting too long to bring your expertise on the show. Now, now wait a minute. Hold on. I got to interrupt you. Spencer went to break saying you've scored the most points in the game. In I have uh, high school basketball season. Yeah. You and I did games for three and a half years on BYU. I had no clue. Well, how if you po- if you were as points? close with Kristen as I am now, Jeremy, you would know something. Wow. Like that. Ask okay. who it was against. Who was it against? Northridge. Oh, Northridge. Yep. Yeah, what's up? My high school. How many points? Yep, 47. 47? And, no, and none of them on three-pointers. Wow. Yeah. So you can't shoot threes? No, and back then I'm they just, didn't. I'm just playing. No. Now I can. <laughs> 47 But back then points. they didn't need threes. Yeah. yeah. Three quarters. You didn't play the fourth? No. Not to get to 50 or anything? No, I had no idea until afterwards. So my 47 coach, my points in three quarters. You didn't know? Nope. Were you the original Lady Jimmer? Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but I tried. I tried. Wow. Street cred. Boom. (laughs) Yeah, right? Absolutely. We've raised our level with Kristen Kozlowski on the show today. So, yeah, we're sorry for waiting so long. We've learned our lesson. You are here, and now you can say you've led a full life because you've been part of BYU Sports Bucket list. (laughs) BYU opens play on the women's side against San Diego. What do you expect in the third meeting between these two teams today? Well, BYU swept that series. I think that they're going to come in fired up. Coming off that momentum win against Gonzaga, you know, they kind of have a similar problem that the men do because they don't have a lot of depth on the bench. So their big three have to play well. That's Pulsifer, Broadhead, and Purcell. When those three show up, they're very tough to defend. 18-point wins in the first two. Is there real danger that San Diego could upset BYU here? Uh, Watching them yesterday, I think for sure. You you saw how they played yesterday where they came out on fire. They're a defensive-minded team. Cindy Fisher does a fantastic job with San Diego. She's going to have her team ready, whether it's changing up the game plan defensively, but she is really going to come into this game having her team prepared. They San Diego has uh, players with last name Burr and Hamilton. I think BYU should be very concerned that there's going to be internal strife on the opposing <laughs> bench or that they might start rapping and singing suddenly during the game. I think this is a legit concern for Jeff Judkins and his staff. These are the things that Jerem Jordan thinks about. Uh, Who cares about rebounds per game? <laughs> they have a Burr and Hamilton. Come on. Pretty fun stuff. Uh, Jeff Judkins brought up a great point with this yesterday. Over the last few years, the one of the two seed has not won this tournament. Six seed San That's Francisco crazy. won last yeah. year. It's wide open and fun, right? Five seed BYU won the year two before that. Yeah. So with the way the tournament is outlined and the brackets and all that stuff, it, it kind of makes it tough, right, for the top seeds. BYU's a two seed. Like, what, what kind of a chance do you give them to win this whole so thing? So based off that, St. Mary's three seed played last night. They won't play till Monday. So they have so a weird. really great chance of winning this thing because of their situation. But I think for BYU, it goes back to that depth. If that depth can carry them through this game, but then also on Monday and Tuesday, then I think they can do well. Mm -hmm. But they haven't had that bench production, that depth, which they need. They need a spark, somebody on the bench that can come in and produce. In the women's tournament, it's more likely for you to kind of regroup and play a better game that next couple days later or whatever than it is on the men's side. The men can invest Saturday. Sunday, they're going to do a walkthrough. And they wouldn't have a formal practice. They'd have an informal practice, right? Um, and then you're playing Monday. It's, it's, it's so tough. Then on the women's side, last night, yeah, St. Mary's, they could go home and then come back if they wanted. And teams have done that at this tournament. Right. Have enough the format's time. weird. They have enough time. And for BYU, they do nothing on Sunday other than maybe a walkthrough. Yeah, you talk about some stuff, film or whatever. Right, right. So they will go through things, start preparing tomorrow. They will have Saturday to prepare. Won't do much on Sunday, and then they'll show up and play Monday. 
Kristen Kozlowski with us on BYU Sports Nation, looking ahead to the BYU-San Diego game, which tips off at approximately 5 p.m. Eastern, live on BYU TV. Cassie Broadhead, West Coast Conference Player of the Year, fourth consecutive player there in the WCC from BYU. Crazy stat, right? Uh, she lost a front tooth on Saturday, took a gnarly elbow to the front, uh, came back in the game, and uh, that just kind of showed you the the personality that she has. What do you think she's going to do after that knock to the head in game number one here in the tournament? Well, I think she's going to be the broadhead we've seen all season. She's been the most consistent player for BYU all season. Purcell and Pulsifer have been a little bit up and down, but I think for broadhead, she's fired up right now. And as a junior to come in, Four points per game last year, and now 18.2 points per game to lead the conference. I mean, that just shows you the type of player that she's evolved into and how she's worked on her game in, in the offseason. Yeah, Jerem kept asking, who's going to take Lexi Rydalch's <laughs> shots? Cassie Broadhead. Yeah, I don't. she hasn't taken 19 a game, though. No. Right? Oh, she's been more she's efficient. Done, yeah, yeah, less volume, but that's, what, that's how Lexi played, right? Uh, Cassie's been unbelievable. How do you go from four points to 19 this year? Then you have, like you said, Kalani Purcell, triple-double threat, uh, Pulsifer. I, I think this group, what is it about Jeff Judkins and his staffs that prepare his team for this tournament so well? Because BYU always plays great in this tournament. Well, they recruit well, and I think their preseason carries over in the postseason. Even though it's, it's a ways away, it's a couple months ago in November, they played some tough teams out of the Power Five conferences. And so that really prepared them for this tournament. They played in, in tournaments back in November, back-to-back-to-back games. And so they're used to that because of what they did in November. Oklahoma, Washington, Oregon, Oregon State. State. Yeah. Yeah, they two final four teams from yeah. last year. In fact, at one point Jeff Judkins was like, I probably scheduled a little bit too hard. Yeah, and it's a one bid league. So unless BYU wins the tourney, they're not going right. to the NCAA tournament. Okay, we'll finish with this, Kristen. True or false, a team not named Gonzaga or BYU will win the West Coast Conference tournament. I'm gonna say false. I think okay. it's going to be one of them. You think it's going to? You think it'll change? The trend will change. The one or the two is going to win this year. I do. I think Gonzaga's has that depth. They have the inside presence. They also have the guard line to support the inside. But then for BYU, if those big three can show up, they get a little depth and a little production from the bench. I think they're going to match Gonzaga pretty well. And the fans show up from Gonzaga for the women's games too. We're going to see that at noon Eastern, or excuse me, three Eastern. You guys call that game? Yeah, noon Pacific. Yeah. You got a couple of hours, so yeah. you know, rest your voice. It's going to be another no, fun, long yesterday. day. It's two hours. There's not that much. Kristen called three games yesterday. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. Kristen, thanks. Yeah. Thanks Great to have you on me. the show. Hey, maybe we'll do it again sometime. Yeah. Soon. Soon? <laughs> years. Yeah. Let's, let's not wait that long. We'll yeah, do it again seriously. in another 933 show. Well, that's up to Ben, you know? Like, <laughs> a loaded Cougar Whip Round up next, including a time and date change for BYU football's 2017 schedule. And what did Jimmer Fredette do in his latest playoff game? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Station is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. What do we do now, Jerem? Whip it. Okay. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Boy State Game Provo has been moved from Saturday, October 7th to Friday, October 6th at 10.15 Eastern Time. Jamal Williams will work out today in Indianapolis at the NFL Draft Combine. Today is his on-field workout, including... The always off discussed, very common 4940 40-yard dash. Women's basketball. Cougars face off against San Diego in the quarterfinals of the West Coast Conference Tournament today, 5 Eastern time right here on BYU TV. Cougars won both matchups against San Diego in the regular season by 18 points each game. Volleyball. Third-ranked Brigham Young hosts Cal Baptist today at 9 Eastern. BYU has won eight in a row this season and lead the overall series against the Lancers 21-3. 
four women's volleyball players will try out for the USA national team this weekend in Colorado Springs. Veronica Jones-Perry, Mary Lake, McKenna Miller, and Elohi Robbins-Hardy will compete for spots on the national team, collegiate national team, or junior national team. Baseball. The Batcats lost to CSU Bakersfield 5-4 to despite a three-run home run from Bronson Larson, the Man. bomber. The Batcats, 3-5 and five on the season, just 1-5 in, in games decided by two runs or less. So they haven't been blown out. Game two of the series is tonight at 9 Eastern in Bakersfield. Softball. The ladies split a doubleheader yesterday. They lost 6-3 to McNeese State. What? Then beat San Diego State 5-1. McKenna Bull sees high eight strikeouts in the win against SDSU. The Cougars have a doubleheader today versus Miami of Ohio and a school named Detroit Mercy. Jimmer! Fredette put up 39 points and had nine rebounds in a playoff loss. Series tied 2-2, and the Shanghai Sharks will play in a win-or-go-home game this weekend. Soccer! Former BYU forward Ashley Hatch started for the USA U23 national team in a 2-0 victory over Japan yesterday in Spain. Tennis! The men's team plays at Utah State. Women's team will host Utah. Cougars in the minors. This is pseudo majors. Jacob Brugman had two RBIs for the Oakland A's yesterday in spring training. Very nice. Future guests include BYU basketball assistant associate head coach Tim Lacombe and Greg Rebel, who will call the games on radio for the men's basketball team. And Tom Holmo, the athletic director of BYU, will join us on Monday. He's on the selection committee. How about that? Yeah. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who is so deserving today? Kristen Kozlowski. We finally had her on. She was great. Leeds is, is the state record holder for most points in a game nah. in Utah State basketball. No one scored more than 47. 47 47 is high. No one scored more than 47. Not even Lexi Rydalch, right? I don't believe that. Or her little sister Liz Eaton. Hey, good Dr. for Dr. Mullen Shorts. What is the most unpredictable thing about BYU hoops going into the West Coast Conference tournaments? Our elite tweet of the day from at Melvin Wilson 7. Who will win Sports Nations going for two? Coming down to the wire. It is. Guess what? 47 was probably at the time. It's still no. It stands today. No way for a women's basketball 47? player in the state of Utah. It stands today. I'm looking that up. I All don't right. Believe it. Shout out to Nick Taggart for Jeremiah Spencer. We're back to work on Saturday at noon Eastern.